Hey everyone, I hope this finds you healthy and doing well at home. I, um, the past few weeks, as I'm sure all of us have, I have uh, caught myself many times thinking, ah, I cannot wait for things to get back to normal. And then sometime last week, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Things are not going back to normal. We are not going to go back to pre-COVID-19 life (laughs) anytime soon, virus or no. I think that to, to think that or actually to even want that at this point is probably kind of naive. So I have been doing some thinking about what that means. And that is what I want to talk to you about in today's podcast. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. This situation that we are currently in is almost definitely going to stretch or strain or tear, or maybe a little bit of all three, um, the fabric of our society and our culture. You know, when you look back through history at other crises, so any war, for sure, um, the Holocaust, the uh, Depression here in the United States, um, those events all had massive cultural implications and, um, you know, some in very negative ways. And then there were some some positive um, things that came out of those circumstances. And in no way am I saying that like, oh, look on the bright side of war or let's see the silver lining in the Holocaust. I'm not, I'm not saying that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there are impacts and some of them, it's not even positive or negative. It's just things. Like I remember when I was a teenager, I was working at a um, hotel in my town and I was working as a hostess in the restaurant and the, um, You know, the little old ladies would come in because it was a pretty stuffy, conservative uh, hotel restaurant. And um, little old ladies would come in and they would uh, have their lunch or dinner and they would take all the sugar packets off the table and put them in their purse when they were leaving. And we would all kind of laugh. And then I remember my mom telling me about how that is a direct holdover from the Depression and how she, her grandmother would do the same thing. Um... Because for a time, things like sugar were so hard for people to get and to uh, afford that now, even though those people may be in completely different financial circumstances or whatever, it's just this sort of indelible cultural shift that took place because of a series of circumstances at that time. So, um, you know, from hoarding sugar packets all the way to global health initiatives, I feel like we don't know what we don't know about the impact that this particular crisis is going to have. 
Um, but I think it is probably pretty safe to say that we will be changed in some ways. Our children will be changed. It's really interesting to watch my kids going through this who are 10 and 14 and are very aware of the reasons that we're home. I have plenty of friends who have little kids who are just dealing with trying to entertain them and, um, you know, watch them 24-7. I have a different set of um, issues that I am dealing with with my older children who can understand and they understand that their their actions have impacts and they're learning all these things. But I wonder, you know, what are the what are the long-term takeaways of this situation for them? I wonder that about children all over the world and at every age. Um, I think it's going to affect the way that we uh, eat out, the way we spend time with friends, the way that we go out. Um, I think it's going to affect businesses at all levels. So obviously our tiny businesses, um, all the way up to great big businesses. And in some ways, I have to say, you know, I know that this is an extreme burden on those of us who are independent business owners. However, this is not a time when I have much jealousy for people who have a whole bunch of people relying on them for a paycheck or they have a lot of overhead. I mean, I will say that one really nice thing about our photography businesses is that our overhead is low enough that we can um, we can kind of just freeze a little bit and then um, and then thaw our businesses in a way that businesses with employees and things like that can't do as easily. So, um, but I think that we are going to see long-lasting implications also in things like travel and the way that we have meetings. Um, I'm hopeful that this may have some positive impacts on the environment, although certainly our current administration is trying to take the opportunity while eyes are on other things to continue to pull (laughs) our uh, policies around the environment apart. But um And then one of the things that I have been thinking about as far as photographers go, um, this isn't my business specifically, but a lot of photographers I know shoot weddings, and I'm wondering whether this is going to change the wedding industry, how that's going to change. My brother was supposed to get married two two weekends ago, and um, they ultimately decided to postpone. For them, it wasn't a big deal because they were planning a courthouse wedding, and then we had just rented out a um, private room in a restaurant. So it was, you know, there were 12 of us. Nothing had to be canceled or postponed. The restaurant was closed. So it wasn't even like we lost a reservation. Um, and and so that is easy to, to shift. But obviously, a lot of people right now have had to cancel or postpone wedding plans um, that are tied up with lots of money and big deposits and things like that. And I'm curious to see how that's going to change. Um, We are in this kind of crazy space in between worlds right now. We're in almost like a, you know, if you picture it in your mind, it's almost like we are in the doorway. So we've got the world before, and then we are walking into the world after, whenever this settles down and calms down. And that's, it's pretty remarkable. I kind of want to take a moment just to acknowledge that because In our lifetimes, we don't always know when we pass through these doors until after the fact, right? You can look back and say, oh, that event was a huge transition and I didn't even know it at the time. 
But right now we can say like we are in the midst of this shift. There is a shift happening. We are living through it. And, um, and, you know, hopefully we all get to stick around to, to, to see what is on the other side of that door. Um, it's, it's worth some time. It's worth some thought. How will this new reality, this new circumstance, how is it going to change the world? And how do we want it to change the world? So obviously there are some very, very negative consequences of the pandemic. There already have been. um, And certainly for any of you out there who are directly affected, whether because you've lost income or a job, or obviously if you've got a loved one who is sick, or if you've lost someone, my heart goes out to you um, in its full capacity. And um, again, I want everyone to know I am not discounting the feelings that you may be having or um, smiling (laughs) and telling you to chin up. That is is not what I am trying to, to do or say. This is heavy, and I have my own heavy thoughts and feelings as well. But today, I want to talk a little bit about what we can control and what we can't control, and how I have been managing a bit of what I can control. That has really helped me get back to feeling less foggy um, and less helpless, and I'm hopeful that it might be helpful to you as well. So I have mentioned uh, Brooke Castillo and her podcast, The Life Coach School Podcast, before, on this podcast. (laughs) And if you've never listened to her before, I want to introduce you to the premise behind all of her uh, thought leadership, which is something that she calls the model. And I um, I will definitely post a link to her podcast in my show notes. But Brooke's whole life coaching process is built around this model, and the model works something like this. So there are five... See five parts. Uh, The first is circumstances. So your circumstances are all of the sort of objective facts of the world. So, you know, something that can be proven in a court of law, something that is um, just sort of an objective fact. So uh, if you were to say, my circumstances, I'm broke, um, that is actually not a circumstance. A circumstance might be you have $287 in your bank account um, or $15 or whatever it is. So so they're objective, neutral facts. They're neither good nor bad. Um, your circumstances include things like other people, things like things that have happened to you in the past, and all of the other facts of the world. Um, you know, the sky is blue. Thoughts are the second part. So it's circumstances and thoughts. And thoughts are sentences in your head. So thoughts that are repeated over and over again become um, habitual or they become beliefs. And um, thoughts are triggered by circumstances, but they are not caused by circumstances. So you will have a circumstance and it will trigger a thought, but the two are kind of unrelated. And then your thoughts go on to cause your feelings. So we've got circumstances and thoughts and now feelings. And she describes feelings as vibrations in your body caused by your thoughts. 
So, um, so whereas feelings are internal, you've got sensations, which are outside your body or are caused by things from outside your body. So like something is cold or sharp, a sensation is an external stimulus, whereas feelings are caused by your thoughts. And then your feelings cause your actions or your inaction. So your, um, and I'm going to give examples for this in just a minute, but, um, but basically the circumstance that you find yourself in or some, some circumstance around you causes a thought, the thought causes a feeling, and then your feelings cause you to act in a way or not act. Um, and that's just what you do or don't do. And then as a result of your actions, you get results. So um, circumstances lead to thoughts, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, and actions lead to results. And this, and her model, the self-coaching model, she calls it, shows you that your thoughts, um, that, 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 uh, whole sequence happens. And then she reiterates that circumstances are neutral. So the pandemic is a circumstance. Now, how, um, and, and the way that it's being managed, unless you happen to be someone who is, you know, in government or if you are a healthcare administrator or something like that, those are all circumstances. We don't have any real control over that. Um, our jo- if we lose our job <clears throat> or in the case of us, you know, working as photographers, if we are unable to do our job, our normal job, that is a circumstance. Our kids being home 24-7, that is a circumstance. Um, and circumstances are not in under our control. We don't have control over the circumstances. However, everything else on the list that I just mentioned, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results, those are within our control. Our thoughts are within our control, our feelings, our actions, and the results that we get are within our control. And if you subscribe to this model, um, the thing that you really want to pay a lot of attention to are your thoughts. If you want different results in your life or in the part of the world that you control, the first thing you need to do is manage your thoughts in response to your circumstance. So um, to give you a non-photography example, just sort of like an easy to understand example of what she's talking about. Let's say that it's your birthday and your partner forgot that it was your birthday. So that is a circumstance. It is not something that you can, you know, perhaps you could have prevented, but now it is the thing. Your partner has forgotten your birthday. You could have a really angry thought about that and it that thought could be justified, absolutely. But let's say that your thought is my partner is an insensitive jerk who, you know, and forgot that it was my birthday. And then the feeling that you get from that is anger. And then the action that you take is, let's say you, you know, give them the silent treatment. And then the result of that is that you, um, you know, your relationship is damaged. You have a, you have a big fight. You're, um, you're, you grow apart in that day. It's a, it's a big, it becomes a big, Um, point of contention in your relationship or in your history. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. 
Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Another way to go about that circumstance, to react to that circumstance, your partner forgets your birthday and you think, I know that my partner loves me and is forgetful. And the feeling that you have from that is um, empathy. And then the action that you take is you sit down and you have a conversation with your partner about that. Um, and the result is that you grow closer or you, you know, have a, they say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And let me make it up to you and make this amazing dinner or whatever. Um, so two reactions, two thoughts in reaction to a single circumstance lead to completely different results. And again, that is a pretty, um, simplified version of, what she is talking about, but, but it's actually, you know, that, that is a, um, it's a reasonable example. One of the things that I have been trying to do over the last few days, since I started to have this thought of like, this life is not getting back to normal as it was before this pandemic occurred. I have been trying to stay really attuned to how I am feeling emotionally. And when I notice a feeling I am stopping whatever I'm doing. I have tried to stop and figure out what the thought is behind that feeling. And when I figure out the thought, I try to sit down and actually write it out like a sentence. Because sometimes the act of just writing it out, writing out a thought is helpful on its own because um, it's almost like when you have, so I tend to have, uh, and maybe this is true for everybody, I tend to experience my, it's as though I almost have to dig from my feelings back to my thoughts because I won't notice the thought, but then I'll notice this like sense of dread or sadness or anger or happiness. Although I don't necessarily have to go doing a bunch of work to figure out why I'm happy. I'm just happy to be happy. Um, but when I have a feeling like dread or sadness, I have to sit down and be like, why am I feeling this? What are my thoughts? And it's, it's easier than it sounds um, to to sit down and because it's usually whatever pops into your head. Why am I feeling the sense of dread? And then, you know, if I sit down and write it out, seeing it on the page, it makes it feel for me sometimes more manageable or it seems a little bit less of a truth and more of an interpretation. Um, and so so that just on its own, that exercise has been helpful for me. Um, and then, you know, when I write it out as a thought, I have to decide not all negative thoughts are a bad thing. I think some of them are um, 
some of them lead to the results that, to positive results. But I have to figure out whether those thoughts are serving me. Are they, you know, are those feelings of dread or sadness leading to inertia? Are they leading to me sitting and binge watching television all day? Maybe that's what I need in that moment, but that's certainly not, um, it doesn't align with my values and how I want to live my life or experience uh, even just this crisis. I want to be a more active participant in that. So so that exercise has been good, and I would recommend it if you are struggling with a lot of feelings that are bouncing all over the place. But let's um, let's also, since this is <laughs> ostensibly a business podcast, and I'm, uh, I'm talking like I'm some sort of therapist here, and I'm not, um, but let's take something business-related because this definitely, definitely has effects on your business. So over the past couple of weeks, in some of the podcasts that I have recorded, I have talked about taking action. And I really, I want to put that out there again. It is really important that um, you give yourself a little bit of space, whatever space perhaps that you need. But I would recommend very uh, strongly that you not allow uh, a habit of inaction to take root because you will you'll freeze up. You're, it'll, it becomes harder and harder to get going again and take action again when you are in this pattern of non-action. So one of my Blueprint students um, in the past couple of weeks, shortly after the um, pandemic started to really affect the United States and when our um, various states started to do lockdowns, she posted something about, um, I can't, oh no, I need to raise my prices and I can't raise my prices right now. Now, I don't know her circumstances or she didn't, she didn't like do a thought model. Um, (laughs) and we, and I didn't call her up and try and do that with her, but I think it's a good example. And I'm sure that she is not the only person out there who was getting ready to change something in their business or like was going to up their prices And all of a sudden feels like, well, I can't do that now. I can't put something on sale now. I can't bother my clients now because, you know, they're all dealing with this crisis and I can't ask them for money. I can't ask them certainly for more money, whatever. There are lots of those thoughts. And if you say something like, I can't, or I, you can't, you shouldn't, those are, that's, those words are all thoughts. None of that is objective, right? That is all an interpretation. So let's pretend that I know all of her thoughts and feelings here, and I'm just going to sort of guess. So if the thought is, I can't raise my prices right now, maybe that is based on the circumstance of unemployment is up and the stock market is down, right? So the economy is in flux and her response is to think, I can't raise my prices right now. The feeling that she gets from that, I can't raise my prices right now, is um, is uh, sort of a fear-based feeling. Fear, we'll call it fear. And then her action might be to email her clients uh, or post all over Instagram or whatever with an offer for like super cheap mini sessions, you know, whenever the 
uh, quarantine is lifted. I'm going to do mini sessions for 30 minutes each and you get all the files and they're $150 um, to try and get a whole bunch of people to sign up for these future mini sessions. And the result is that she'll book some mini sessions with clients who are not ever going to be able to afford the prices that she knows she needs to charge in the future. And she's going to do a whole bunch of work at small margins at a time when she could potentially be getting just a few clients at the higher rates that she needs to be charging, doing less work and making more money with the right people. Alternatively, the unemployment is up and stock market is down circumstance could lead to a thought where she says, I may need to restructure my pricing to continue to serve my clients and make the money that I need to make. So the feeling that she gets from that is one of like creativity and motivation. Like, let's figure this out. Let's solve this puzzle. And the action could be to develop a pricing or a payment option that would take into account the economic strain that her clients are finding themselves in. And then the result could be that she, uh, you know, runs her business profitably with clients who are appreciative and maybe they call up their friends and say, you, you got to work with this photographer. Not only is she a great photographer, but she, you know, she really, she came up with a plan that works for me. I wanted to get family photos and um, I didn't think I was going to be able to afford them, but, you know, she was able to do this. So all of this is fictitious. I'm making two things up, but I will say, um, and I, I wanted to come up with a business example because I think that there are a lot of uh, limiting thoughts that are happening right now for people in their businesses, um, in their specifically in their photography businesses. Um, and the thing that has been interesting to me over the course of the past you know week or weekend as I have been doing this exercise where I'm writing out my thoughts and sort of thinking about the um, the trickle down effect from circumstances to thoughts to feelings to actions to results is that when I have a thought that leads to um, a chain of events and a result that I don't like, and I either reframe that thought or choose to have a different thought, the new action that it leads to is almost always creative or positive in some way. So it seems like the the things that are problematic for me and my suspicion is this is true for a lot of people, the the, the solution to that um, or the, the more um, useful way to, to go about thinking those thoughts <laughs> is it leads to creativity. And that gave me such hope because I think we are all going to, whether we do this deliberately and we move forward in a way that is intentional or whether we just kind of get dragged by the circumstances and the necessity of changing our way of thinking. I think that what is going, hopefully, out of this will come some really positive creativity in the world. And as artists, I think that we can we can be thought leaders in that way. We can, um, we can actively seek to move in a creative direction. There is... Um, there's an Andy Warhol quote that is, they always say time changes things, but you actually have to change things yourself. 
And I love that because I think that it's empowering um, to to know that we have control. There are many things in the world that we don't have control over, but we do have control over our thoughts and our feelings and our actions and our results. Um, And that's where I want to leave you today. I know many people are feeling really helpless and stuck and anxious right now, and I do too. But um, but whereas we can't control the circumstances of the pandemic beyond doing our part and staying home and washing our hands and not hoarding food or medical supplies and generally being responsible people, we can pay attention to our thoughts and the results that um, they lead to. And we can make intentional choices to help those things align with our values and our vision. I hope you guys have a healthy week and I will be back next week. That's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by telling a photographer friend or leaving me a review on iTunes. As always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.